Greetings to all inhabitants of Earth, as well as our friends from distant planets, galaxies, and dimensions. Lend me your ears as we make podcast history. For I am Herman the Extraterrestrial, here to inform, illuminate, and to entertain your world. Welcome everyone to the inaugural podcast episode of Herman the Extraterrestrial. Oh yes, I am an extraterrestrial. Now you might be saying to yourself, well Herman, we don't believe in extraterrestrials. We don't think they actually exist. You know, scientifically, they, you know, uh, extraterrestrials, you know, we've never seen one land on the planet, and we, all we see is little lights up in the sky, they go flashing by every once in a while, you know, in Arizona, places you see the big triangle, and people look up and go, oh, wow, what was that? That must have been a UFO, an unidentified flying object. And now you're trying to tell us that you are an actual extraterrestrial here on planet Earth, living amongst us. Because this is this possible? Is this, could this be possible? Could there actually be extraterrestrials on planet Earth? You may be surprised to find out that uh, many of the Earthlings believe in extraterrestrial life. You know, here's an article from uh, 2017 uh, in the New York Post. It says, half of humans believe in alien life, study says, December 8th, 2017. Nearly half of Earthlings believe that we aren't alone in the universe and want to make contact with alien life, according to a new study. The findings of the survey, conducted in 24 countries by research group Goshalites, showed that 47% of the surveyed 26,000 respondents believe in the existence of intelligent alien civilizations in the universe. And 61% responded yes when asked if they believe in some form of life on other planets. Among those who believe, in, who believe humans aren't alone in the universe, 60% said we should try to communicate with extraterrestrial beings. Well, there you have it, my friends. We should try to communicate with extraterrestrial beings, which means that 60% of you out there are currently interested in what I have to say as an extraterrestrial upon your planet. 60% of you. So you should be listening to your podcast, Navigator to the Stars, Herman the Extraterrestrial. Now you might say now, well, Herman, that sounds all well and good. You're calling yourself an extraterrestrial. But how do we know for sure, man? How do we know you're an extraterrestrial? You could just be larking us or fooling us. What kind of extraterrestrial are you? Are you like that Gordy on Star Trek? Because we know that you're a Negro, you know. So if you're a Negro, perhaps you have little goggles on your head like Gordy from Star Trek. Or perhaps you're the wharf type, you know, the Klingon, with all the little bumps and protrusions around your face, and you're a tough and vicious fighter. Are you that kind of extraterrestrial? Or perhaps you're a tall white. Tall white. Well, tall whites, uh, uh, I guess they must be white, shouldn't they? They're tall, they're blonde, pale, have scaly skin with blue or golden eyes. Oh, yes. Or perhaps you're one of the little guys, the, the little, you know, big-headed ones with the big eyes and the two holes for nose and a little slit for a mouth. And then they have these long, spindly arms with three fingers attached at the bottom and, and, th and long little legs with three toes. <laughs> but they're only about four feet tall, three and a half, four feet tall. The little greys, they call them. And the little greys, believe it or not, are nothing more than dolls. They're like, they're manufactured, they're clones. And uh, if you've ever seen one of them up close and personal then you'll notice that they have no genitalia. You know, they walk around with, they don't, they don't wear clothing, <laughs> you know. They don't have butts. They don't have penises or vaginas. Uh, they don't eat. They don't drink. They don't sleep. They are basically clone machines. They're, they have a machine body. Now, what drives the machine body? Oh, now there is the question. What drives the machine so to uh, answer the question, what drives the machine? 
You know, to do this, we're going to take a trip back in time, back into the 1800s. And um, I'm sure that you're all familiar with a gentleman by the name of Nikolai Tesla. Uh, Let me read this little section here from a paper that I wrote. On November 16, 1869, an enigmatic yet brilliant scientist slash inventor by the name of Nikolai Tesla, along with the industrial might of George Westinghouse, facilitated the flow of alternating current into the homes and businesses by by harnessing hydroelectric energy generated by the flow of water over Niagara Falls. Nikolai Tesla's prowess as an inventor earned him the nickname the man who invented the 20th century, which gives you an indication of the incredible influence he still holds today, albeit posthumously. He was quoted as saying, One day man will connect his apparatus to the very wheelwork of the universe and the very forces that motivate the planets in their orbits and cause them to rotate will rotate his own machinery. The wheelwork of the universe, wow, according to Tesla, is the ultimate life force energy that permeates and animates every living thing in our electric universe. And yes, this is an electric universe. This energy is the power that transforms mere plastic, glass, metals, and silica into machines capable of performing tasks once thought were under the auspices of the gods. Okay? So, you think about the word apparatus. And, uh, and, you know, most people will assume when Tesla speaks of an apparatus, he's thinking of, you know... Materials, you know, machines, you know, made out of metal, plastic, whatever, that generate electricity, that, that, that are capable of harnessing this alternating current into our homes. And we can use this current. This is what, he, this is what people are thinking about, all the apparatus, all these electrical devices. But what if I told you, my friends, that these physical bodies that we are contained within are also considered apparatus. Let us look at the definition of the word apparatus. A set of materials or equipment designed for a particular use. B, a group of anatomical or cytological parts functioning together. C, an instrument or appliance designed for a specific operation. Now, if you look at that definition, give me one thing about that definition that does not describe the human body. We are designed to live upon planet Earth. We know for a fact that humans could not live on any other planet in our solar system without the use of artificial environment. We also know for a fact that humans can't even live beneath the ocean or above in space without an artificial environment. So we were designed to live upon the planet and not just living on the planet. According to subtle, subtle energy science, we don't just live on planet Earth. We live inside it, namely in the unique cavity that is formed between the Earth's surface and ionosphere. And within that cavity, you and I swim in a veritable sea of invisible energies and oscillating fields. The smallest changes in one intertwined area carry over turbulence into others. And why do you think this is? It's because the human body is made out of the same exact stuff that the earth is made out of. (laughs) All right? Think about it. The human body is constructed of water, fire, air, calcium, carbon, minerals, silica, proteins, crystal, and dirt. Our physical bodies are the marriage of the stars and the earth, and every fiber of our beingness has been meticulously built upon previous incarnations of the human form to create these magnificent containment fields designed to hold what? Designed to hold what? (laughs) All right. This is the question. Now, before we get into the answer, designed to hold what? Let's look at the containment field a little bit more, okay? Because I really want you to understand this. Because this is you. This is, we're talking about you personally. You listening to me right now. I'm going to describe exactly what you are. You ready? 
these human bodies are constructed of 100 trillion cells. Let's say approximately 100 trillion cells. It could be more, probably more than less. So look at your body in the mirror. Stand there and look at the mirror. There are 100 trillion cells that make up that physical form. Inside of each one of those cells, every single, uh, one, every single cell contains approximately 100 trillion atoms. 100 trillion atoms. 100 trillion cells. That's 100 trillion times 100 trillion to come up with some number that who knows what it is. And this uh, whole by the numbers thing, it doesn't stop there because inside of every, every atom contains a nucleus, right? And then there's an electrons or electrons that, that supposedly rotate around the neutron, but there's a new model now that shows that electrons and protons and neutrons, I've gotten ahead of myself, they're all waveforms as opposed to particles. But you have a, a nucleus and you have the electron going around, right? The nucleus contains the proton and the neutron. And we think that these are the smallest particles, quote, particles in existence, but they're not. Inside of the proton and the neutron are what we call quirks and gluons. And the gluon is exactly what it sounds like. The gluon holds everything together. And so the minute particles called quirks and gluons are interacting with each other. So this interaction between the you know, quirks and gluons is called quantum chromodynamics. So simply put, to put this in a very simple way, inside of every single cell in your body, there are a hundred trillion atoms with protons and neutrons and electrons. And inside the protons and neutrons are quirks and gluons. These are the smallest particles in the body. And this, and the pulling and pushing, the tension between the quirks pulling and, and, and like interacting with each other and pulling and pushing with the gluon holding it together, you're basically creating energy inside of, on a very, on a micro level, inside of every single proton and neutron is like a power plant. It's not like a power plant. It is a power plant. Now, you might be scratching your head right now saying, Herman, this is, this is too much information. This is too much technical information. I can't handle it. I can't process all this information. Of course you can't because your machine, your, your, your instrument, your apparatus is doing all of this without you having to think about it. Your cells are being held together by this strong force. There are four forces in the universe, okay? And what are they? The four fundamental forces ordered from strongest to weak. The forces are, number one, the strong nuclear force. Two, the electromagnetic force. Three, the weak nuclear force. And four, gravity. Now, I know this is going to fry your noodle a little bit, but please stick with me because we're making a fantastic point here about how beautiful and wonderful you are. <laughs> All right. Let me praise you for the moment so that you understand because pretty much everything that you have been taught about the nature of humankind, the nature, how you came into being, how the world came into being, how the universe came into being is all false. It's a lie. It's a lie, and you're going to understand that it's a lie by the time we get finished. Because, it's because you are so much more important than you can even imagine. And we keep thinking that, oh, they keep telling us that we're going to be replaced by machines. Computers are going to, they're smarter than we are. They're going to replace us. They're going to kill us all off and get rid of humans. Transhumanism is the way to go. Put electronics in your brain, all in your body, and increase your functionality. Oh, my God. Let me tell you something. There isn't a machine, an instrument in the entire manifested universe that comes close to what this physical body that we are living inside, nothing comes close to them. Nothing. And we haven't even started talking about the genetic material, you know, the DNA. If you could, if you could unwind the DNA, that, that strand, and stretch it out, the DNA strand would be six feet long, 
all right? Six feet. So if you have 100 trillion cells and there's six feet of DNA in each one of those cells, that's what? What is that? That's six feet times 100 trillion, okay? That's how much DNA you have in your body. And then the um, RNA material, is, it was what, eight times as much, six to eight times as much RNA material? So that's 48 feet of RNA times 100 trillion. You know, if, if they, the Milky Way galaxy, they say, has approximately 100 billion stars. Let's, let's for the sake of, of just, for just, let's say it's got 500 billion stars, just for the hell of it for now. Let's say it's got 500 billion stars because 100 billion, 100 billion sounds low to me. <laughs> From the extraterrestrial standpoint, 100 billion sounds pretty low. So let's go with 500 billion stars. And then, and then they say there are approximately 10 billion galaxies in our universe. All right? 10 billion. Which is also rather low. So let's call that 20 billion just for the hell of it. Let's double it for the hell of it. So in my numbers, 500 billion stars times 20 billion galaxies that's a lot, all right? But it's not 100 trillion times 100 trillion. I mean, this isn't a big stretch to think about it this way. But if you could make yourself very, very tiny, micro, micro, and climb inside of your own body and have a look around, what do you think you'd see? You would think that you're in the middle of a vast universe because there's more particles slash wave. But, you know, when we talk about the particles that we're made of. We're going to call them particles for the moment because we're going to get into the double slit experiment later on. But let's say there's, there are more particles that manifest the human body than there are stars in the universe. Think about that. So if you could climb inside of your body and have a look around and look up and all around, you would think that you're inside of a universe because you, if, especially if you could get inside of your brain and see all that electrical activity going on. All right? Think about that. There's more particles in your physical body than there are stars in the universe. And the physical universe that is you has a creator. So uh, here comes the advantage to having uh, Herman the Extraterrestrial as your podcast navigator. <laughs> because like I said, each universe has a creator. And, uh, and all creators come from the same exact place. All creators come from the creation, all right? We are called individualized immortal sparks of the creation now uh, now i know as a human being that makes you afraid it makes you afraid of me why because i am stating that you are a creator not that you were created and that makes you afraid because you believe you believe in what you have been told you believe in what you have read as the structure, as the origin of your existence. You believe that you were created by a supreme being, a God. But, you know, like I want you to just open your mind for a second. Uh, there's a, a professor, Henry John Markram. He's from the Air Coal Polytechnique Federale di Lucene. I know I might have butchered that a bit, but it's located in Switzerland. He's also director of the Blue Brain Project and founder of the Human Brain Project. All right. Now, what, what uh, Professor Markram has done, along with his colleagues, is over the last uh, 15 years, they have spent... <laughs> They've spent the last 15 years cataloging every single neuron and electrochemical synapse of the neocortex. 
And in doing so, they're building a 3D digital model of the tens of thousands of all the different types of neurons and how they connect with each other, how they communicate with each other, how, the, how conversations take place between the neurons, the synapses, how all of this is happening, how information is, 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 is brought into the brain and distributed throughout. And, um, and here's what he says. You know, this is, this is, isn't coming from me. This is coming from Professor Markram. And he says, um, they now have proof that the brain creates slash builds a version of the universe and projects this version of the universe like a bubble all around us. You hear that? Here's Professor Markram saying that our human brain is so powerful. As a matter of fact, uh, this, this whole conversation uh, comes from a TED Talk that you have to go listen to. I mean, it, it's like it's required. You need to listen to the TED Talk. And um, the TED Talk is called uh, A Brain is a Supercomputer. All right. And so he, he, they did all this with the help of IBM's supercomputer <laughs> to create this digital model of the human brain. And so if you think about it, the human brain is creating a, uh, uh, an image of our universe. It's creating an image of our universe. And, um, and, and it surrounds us like a bubble. All right. How many people are on planet Earth? There's about seven billion people on this planet. And, you know, for in the last couple of years, uh, quantum theory, quantum physics, they've been talking about how we're living in a holographic universe. And there are physicists out there who say, well, we can now prove that we're living in a holographic universe. The only question is, who's creating the holograph? Who's projecting the holograph? Well, Professor Markram is telling us right here who's, who's creating that holograph. We are. Each one of us. Why? How can we do this, you say? Well, look at our bodies, our physical bodies. There are more particles in our physical bodies than there are stars in the universe. We are powerful quantum beings, all right? It takes an immortal spark of the creation of the actual God substance in order to manifest these physical bodies. This is what it takes. Oh, I can hear you. I can hear you saying, well, I don't feel like much of a god. You're trying to say that what? We're gods. We're gods. I don't feel like a god. I'm broke. I got no money. I'm sick. I got cancer. Um, I, I don't, people beat me up all the time. I have no, I have no power in the world. And, and, and I'm homeless. Or what, whatever excuse you want to use to negate the power that you have, the power that you are, go right ahead. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to force an idea on you. I'm just saying, hey, I'm an extraterrestrial. Uh, we are the same. <laughs> you say, why do you call yourself an extraterrestrial? Well, because I choose, I choose to, to see myself as the greater being, okay? I choose to see myself as the greater being than this physical form that has 50 to 100 year lifespan, and then it, uh, it stops functioning. And then, uh, and then, according to uh, those who believe that um, they were created by a creator God, then you only get this one shot. You know, you were, here you are, I came into the world, and I, I accomplished whatever it is that I accomplished, and then I died. And then I went to either heaven, and, and then they, they had the 24-7 holy, holy, holies, holy, 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 the sea of beings all bowing down, worshiping holy, 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 24-7. Oh, yes. Or... Or you could have been a butthead, like they say, and you could have screwed up your life. You didn't get saved. And the next thing you know, you're in hell with a dude named Satan. And he's like, oh, yes, come on in. I'm going to burn you. I'm going to burn you for all eternity. You're going to burn in the fires of hell and suffer for the rest of eternity. Jeez Louise. You know... The word believe, the word believe, you spell it B-E, 
L-I-E-V-E. So the word lie is in the middle of believe. What I propose to you is to think of yourself in a different way. I mean, if you actually think of the science about what you, who and what you are, your physical body, there is no explanation, okay? There is no explanation that you can come up with that will uh, leave you being less than a computer, all right? There isn't a quantum computer on, in, on planet Earth that any human being that c- can create that can come close to being what the human body can do, all right? Think about this. 100 trillion cells, all right? Each cell has, you know, like I said, 100 trillion atoms, but each cell also has your RNA, DNA material, Okay, so each cell basically is an individual you. I could take one cell out of your body and then clone you. All right. So let's say let's say the the force that's holding all of the cells together, you know, the strong electromagnetic force that's holding all of your cells together. All right. Let's say that that force, somehow you could negate that force and allow all 100 trillion of your cells to fly free. That would mean that there would be a hundred trillion potential yous floating out through the universe. A hundred trillion potential yous. You know, if you're a pain in the ass here, you'd be a hundred trillion times a pain in the ass in the rest of the universe. This is what we're, we're this is what we're talking about, okay? When you look at the actual science of what you are, as opposed to the myth, most of our religions, you know, were manifested. If you're a Christian, you know, two thousand years ago, Emmanuel was on the planet, and he was speaking to the people. And we read his words in what we call the gospel, the word of God. You know, but, but who was he talking to back then, all right? <laughs> back then, at 2,000 years ago, human beings had no idea what a cell was. If you said, hey, you know what? Your physical body is made up of 100 trillion cells with 100 trillion atoms, and there's RNA, DNA material in each one of those cells, and you could literally, I could literally take one of your cells and replicate you and clone you. They would have, they would have, I'd be burning on a fire right now, all right? (laughs) So the individuals that Emmanuel was speaking to 2,000 years ago, when he was trying to give them a little bit of knowledge about, hey, you're more than just a human being. You know, there's something else going on there. There's, a, there's, a, there's another part of you that exists without the physical form. And you say, well, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. Just not, they didn't say that in the Bible. And, and don't get me wrong, I am not just like stomping all over your words of God. I want you to believe whatever it is that your heart desires. But at the same time, at the same time, what has it led to? What has it all led to? All of this belief that you are, you are incapable of, of doing anything on your own unless, unless God gives you permission to. That every time you accomplish something that's fantastic, you must give God credit for it because it was God who was responsible for it, not you. You are nothing but a weak sinner. You have no capability of doing anything on your own. And then here comes this man who calls himself an extraterrestrial and says that you are a universe among, you, know, you are a universe. There's, you are, there's so much of you that you are bigger than a universe. And you go, that, that dude's the devil. <laughs> I'm the devil because I'm telling you that you's powerful and you want to believe that you're weak. I'm telling you that you have unlimited capacity capabilities, unlimited capacity, but you want to live in limitation. You want to believe that you are limited by the God that you believe in, that you can't accomplish anything unless this God tells you that you can do it. And what I'm trying to tell you is that you are the God that you have been worshiping. (laughs) You are from the creation. You are an individualized spark of the creation. You are not just a man or a woman. 
You have manifested this physical form based upon all of the gazillions of life forms that you have occupied over the last 100 trillion years, okay? There's never been a time when you did not exist. There will never be a time when you do not exist, okay? All, remember those four forces of the universe, the strong, you know, uh, the, the strong electromagnetic field, all of these, those four forces of the universe are all operating within that physical body that you are occupying right now. And you are that force, you, you know, and the reason why you can't remember <laughs> that you are a, an immortal spark of the creation is because, again, 100 trillion cells, 100 trillion atoms, and then we're talking about protons and neutrons and quarks and gluons. You are so busy. All the energy, all of your God energy is wrapped up in powering this machine, this, this machine that you call your physical body. All of your power is wrapped up in every subatomic particle of that machine, powerhouse, making things happen, thinking. And so it's very difficult. It's very difficult to detach from the human body. It's impossible to detach from the human body if you think, if you believe that there is a force outside of yourself that is more powerful than you are. And I know that sounds bizarre because here on this planet, we all appear to be weak. You know, these, oh, somebody can shoot you in your arm and then it'll, you can bleed to death and die. How is that powerful? Well, there's no such thing as death. That's how powerful it is because all you're going to do is just take another body and show up here again and continue on, <laughs> okay? How do you think you got here in the first place? If you're here listening to my words, that means that you, quote, died and then took another body, and now you are in the continuation of your experiences. You have to know this is why we come to this planet, okay? <laughs> like when I say I'm an extraterrestrial and I'm an immortal spark of the creation, Okay, well, there's a couple things that are working here on this planet. You know, in the next podcast, we'll get into the difference. We'll get into the creation and the creator, the, the creation versus the creator, and we will delve deeper into that. But for the time being, if you look at it like this, okay, here we are on this planet. I'm an artist. I came into the world as an artist. I came into the world as an artist, a sculptor, uh, to be more specific. I'm also a writer. And, uh, but I didn't study. I didn't study how to be a sculptor. I didn't study how to be a writer. As a matter of fact, if you looked at my grades from high school, from middle school and high school, I was a complete moron. I probably have a zero IQ. <laughs> As a matter of fact, one of the, I have a novel. It's called Memoirs of an Extraterrestrial, The Negro Conundrum. And it's written under a pen name, H.P. Stanley, available on Amazon. And uh, in subsequent uh, podcasts, I will be reading a few chapters from the book to give you a feel of uh, who I am and where I've come from. And, um, <clears throat> you know, here I'm, you're talking, to, you're, you're listening to a person who, you know how when people have like a near-death experience, oh, I had a near-death experience last week and it completely changed everything for me. You know how people say that, you know, like, oh, it changed my life. I'll never be the same. Well, imagine, uh, imagine having multiple near-death experiences, you know, like five, six, seven, eight. I can't ever remember how many times I've almost died. And then uh, and each time you almost die, <laughs> okay, you, 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 you leave the body, you know, your actual, your immortal spark. Uh, I can't say it leaves the body because we're, as long as the physical body is operating, it's, it is a containment field. It is designed to hold the immortal spark of the creation within a field of energy that it cannot escape from. All right. At times when the physical body is super weak, uh, like if you were, if you had decided to fast, you know, like remember Emmanuel fasted for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. 
Well, when you do stuff like that and you completely wreck the human body to the extent that the human body is ready to give up the ghost, as they say. Yes. Well, it's at those moments when we have completely stressed the physical body that we, uh, well, when you stress it for the uh, purpose of gaining greater insight, you know, you can stress the human body just because you're broke, okay? I can't afford to eat or drink, and uh, my body is stressed out, I'm getting ready to die. That's a whole big difference. That's a big difference between I'm going to meditate and I'm going to stop eating and drinking for a period of time so that I can go deeper and find my true self. Okay. It works, believe me, but it's not necessary. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's not necessary because um, the moment that you begin to start thinking of yourself in terms of being uh, in terms of a quantum being in terms of being an electromagnetic energy you are pure energy in this particular uh physical manifestation right so then in the creation you know there isn't uh, in the creation you are we live we are pure consciousness we are pure imagination and everything that we imagine is perfect and real okay this is the illusory world of the of duality materialistic world where we have to create the 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 illusion of suffering and uh, the illusion of death death is an illusion there's no such a thing as death okay no nothing dies you know the physical body just it's it's it is an instrument you know if you take your um you come home and it's winter time and you take off your galoshes and your big winter coat and you hang the coat up in the closet. Have you died just because you took off one coat and put it in the closet? No. Is the coat dead because you've taken it from your body and put it in the closet? No. <laughs> it's just you just change one one outfit and put on another outfit. It's this, the energy, the personality that is you. That is what moves from one space, one containment shell to another. And if you're unfortunate enough <laughs> to have found yourself on planet Earth, which is known throughout the, uh, this particular sector of the universe, the Milky Way sector of our galaxy, if you, it's known as a prison planet, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> so if you're on this planet, you're here because uh, basically you either pissed off someone else from where you used to live <laughs> or you were too much to handle and they had to put you somewhere else just to get you out of their hair. You say, well, why would they do that? Well, imagine, you know, again, when we think in terms of time, you know, human beings on planet Earth, you're like, oh, a million years ago, uh, we were, you know, basically Neanderthals, you know, or whatever. You know, there's no such a thing as evolution of the human species on planet Earth. Or actually, there's no such a thing as evolution of physical forms on a particular planetary system. All right. The, the, the physical forms, bodies, have been constructed. Companies made bodies. They constructed every single particle, everything in the physical manifestation has been created by an immortal spark of the creation. Period. The end. There isn't every single thing, bugs, dirt, gnats, fleas, mosquitoes, <laughs> trees, Everything, the, the little structures inside your body that actually move proteins around. They look like little machines. All of these things were manufactured, all right? We are manufactured. The physical body is a manufactured entity. The only thing that brings life to physical bodies is an immortal spark of the creation. It is at, that's actually the definition of life. I was looking at the definition of life. Uh, I looked it up in, um, you know, Merriam-Webster uh, to see how humans described life. Definition of life. Uh, one, A, the quality that distinguishes a vital and functioning being from a dead body. Okay. B, 
a principle of force that is considered to underlie the distinctive quality of animate beings. Oh, a little closer. So again, I'll use the uh, example of my cell phone, <laughs> okay? The cell phone, uh, when it's turned off, switched off, out of juice, no electricity, is what people would call dead, okay? But it's still, look at the instrument. It, whether it has energy running through it or not, it's still a viable instrument, all right? All I got to do is power it up, boom, energy goes through, and I'm connected to the internet and everything else that I want to do. Physical bodies are pretty much the same thing. They are basically, here's a structure. It has its own internal system that allows it to, the blood the, to move, the heart to beat, you know, from the brainstem. Everything happens without us having to think about it. But then, the, but then that extra added, what actually brings life to the physical form, whether it's a tree, an ant, a bird, an amoeba, what brings life to it? The immortal spark of creation is what brings life. That is the only life in the universe. There's all life, all life comes from the immortal sparks of creation that are quantum beings that do not require a physical body to exist, all right? The physical body does not manifest your spirit. The physical body does not manifest the quantum being, all right? The quantum being manifests a physical body. So to put it another way, we do not possess a spirit. We are spirit and the power. And I know that frightens the hell out of you, doesn't it? It doesn't fit with any of the body-centered psychological race cultural, social, economic, religious, or moral programming embedded into the very DNA of our containment fields. Man, this, these human instruments are designed to resonate with vibrations of emotion, especially fear, which is built into every human form by the manufacturer. You think of yourself again like a, like a computer. And then you upload apps into it. Well, fear is an app that's uploaded into the human consciousness, okay? Fear is an app. Um, all emotions are basically apps that are uploaded. They're, they're mimicking the, the, the emotions in the material world as above, so below. So the emotions in our material world actually mimic the perfection of our imagination, of our consciousness, as immortal spirit beings in the creation. And this is why I, this is why I, I say, you know, look, look, you were not created. You created, <laughs> you created this physical body. You, you chose to enter into the material realm as an immortal spark of the creation and to take a physical body. This is what you chose to do. And, uh, and you chose to do this over a hundred trillion years ago. This is a 100 trillion year old conversation that we are having that is now brought forward into the year 2018, 2019. Can you imagine Emmanuel trying to have this conversation with people 2000 years ago? All right. And then when you then try to, um, Put everything that Emmanuel had to say into words, all right, into words called your Bible, the Word of God. Let me tell you something. The only place in this sector of the galaxy where language is used to communicate is on planet Earth. You understand? Nowhere else do beings communicate using, their, using words, lips, tongue, blah, 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 talking. You know, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Okay, everyone, everywhere else in the universe, com conversation takes place within the consciousness. It's tele telepathy, all right? And, um, and telepathy is a very, uh, is the most purest form of communication. And why is that? Because in order to have a telepathic conversation with another entity, what you have to do is first open your heart to that entity, and that entity has to open their heart. 
And then in opening your heart, you are allowing that entity to enter into your consciousness and to see what you see and to feel what you feel. And you then exchange emotions like you instead of like, oh, how was your day today? Well, I got up at four o'clock and I made breakfast and exercised and then I, I stubbed my toe and then I had to, then I went to work and take, took the bus. It took an hour to get there. There was a traffic jam. You can go through your whole day, talk, talk, talk. And, and by the time you get about five minutes into it, you've lost the person. They're not even listening anymore. But what if that same conversation, what if that same conversation took place within your mind and instead of using words, you just showed them the movie. <laughs> you showed them the visual images of how your day was and, and how you felt and your emotions of the day. And how do you think the whole concept of creating movies and television came into being? This is all as above, so below. <laughs> so as human beings, thinking that you're a human being and not a quantum being, and thinking that the way that you communicate, how do you communicate your ideas? How do you communicate your ideas? You don't do it with words. You do it with film, movies, and you show them majestic pictures and scenery and emotions, raw emotions, and you have actors who are playing parts to portray the visions of your mind. Music is a quantum expression, all right? Music is a quantum expression that, that you feel emotion from the music. Music can make you cry, it can make you sad, it can make you happy, it can make you angry, it can make you wild, okay? And so we get so hung up on the concept that, oh, there's a God that created me, as opposed to imagining for one moment that you could be more than just something that was created by a being that you've never seen. So pretty much all of the prophets who came before, you know, any, look, we talk about quantum physics today. We actually understand the physical body now. Okay, they've they've mapped the genome system. You know, we you know, I, like I said, there's a hundred trillion cells, a hundred trillion uh, atoms. We 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 understand the physics. We understand how things are put together. Okay, and then you go back two thousand years ago, and you have a prophet on the planet trying to get people to wake up a little bit and realize that you're more than just a human being. You're more than a slave. You're more than, you know, think about the lifestyle that people lived 2,000 years ago, all right? They didn't have computers, didn't have internet. People were pretty ignorant back in those days, and they could not read. And so if you have the Word of God, the Word of God, 99.99% .99 of the human beings on planet Earth could not read your Word of God. And so how did they get the information? Some dude had to tell them about it. And then, so what, now what? Then they have to believe what that individual is telling them. They have to believe that whoever interpreted the Bible and put the right, put those words down, that they use the right words. And you say, well, this is the God's doing. It's God's word. Of course, it's going to be correct. Oh, really? Well, it's going to be correct according to whoever's running the world. All right. The Holy Roman Empire became the Holy Catholic Church. The Holy Roman Empire crucified Emmanuel on a cross. So the very people that started the church actually murdered the dude that the whole church is based upon. And then when you talk about the Holy Roman Empire, every time they conquered some race of people, what would they do? They would crucify all the, the soldiers that they had defeated, and they'd line their bodies up on the road leading into the city so that when people went in and came out, they know exactly who was in charge. Do you think that the people who are in charge that tell you what to do, that run your life, that have, run your credit, your governments, governments that have been on the planet for the last 2,000 years, do you think that they would have allowed anything in your word of God that would say that they are wrong? <laughs> you notice that there's only 10 commandments, and not one of those 10 commandments says, thou shalt not rape little children. Okay, and so the very structure that you get all of your religion from, that you get all of your word of God from, the guys that are doing it, they're in there banging little kids all the time, raping children. From the very beginning, from the very beginning when that when the Holy Roman Catholic Church, when, you know, 
We're supposed to believe that Constantine had a deathbed. You know, he changed his mind. You know what? I'm going to be a Christian. I'm not a pagan anymore. I, I, I believe. I see the light now. And that we're supposed to believe that everyone that was around him, they were all, oh, yes, we all see the light now. We all see it. Let us create this perfect religion. And then you have to study a guy by the name of Origen if you want to understand really the, your Christian beliefs. One of the most prolific writers, uh, born like 106 A.D., not that, not that far removed from the time that Emmanuel was actually on the planet. A prolific writer, thousands of essays that he wrote. And you know what got him in trouble? The one thing that got Origen called the father of the Catholic, of the Christian church. The one of the things that got him in trouble was he had the nerve to ask a question. He said, hey, if, if Emmanuel came to save the world from sin and that all men need to uh, be saved by Emmanuel to get into heaven then why can't Satan be saved? And just by asking that question, they excommunicated and threw him in a jail. <laughs> that was the end of origin. Pretty much everything that we believe on this planet comes from word of mouth or word of, so-called word of God. And we're supposed to believe that the human beings who reprinted, rewrote, translated this had our best intentions at heart as opposed to wanting to rule over us <laughs> and tax us. And, and, you know, the idea that we have to work, you know, that we work like dogs and pay our rent and the prices keep going up, but our wages stay the same or, or go. The wages never go up along with inflation. Okay. Oh, inflation's high, but the wages stay low. So you can never actually get yourself out. And if you happen to be rich or wealthy, if the rich, the wealthy, I'm not a slave. I'm on planet Earth. I'm not a slave. I'm wealthy. I have money. I'm more powerful than you. Okay, if you're more powerful, then leave right now. Like, leave your body right now, right here, and go travel somewhere else in the universe, and I'll wait until you get back, Mr. Powerful. Okay, because no one can leave. You can't leave. It's a containment shell. So no matter what you say, no matter what you do, George Soros, you know, uh, Gates, they're all powerful men, but they still have physical bodies. They still got to take a dump. They still have to shave. They still got to brush their teeth every day and floss. They get sick. They get colds. You know, money doesn't 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 take away all the misery that comes with the physical body. And then in the back of their mind somewhere, they're thinking, oh, I'm going to die one day. Who am I going to leave all my money and my wealth to? Who am I going to leave it to? My family. I'm going to make sure I take care of them. Why did I come to planet Earth? I came to planet Earth for a couple of reasons. I certainly didn't come to planet Earth to be a Negro. I'm going to tell you that much. We're going to close out this first uh, podcast pretty soon here, but I'm going to tell you, you have to imagine the shock, my shock at discovering that I had incarnated to earth as a Negro. Please. It's not like, it's not like yeah, beings, immortal sparks of the creation throughout. They're thinking, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to go to earth and be a Negro in 1953? Yeah, Right. They, no one wants to be a Negro in 2018, <laughs> all right? And once you understand the whole concept that bodies are created, they were manufactured, okay? They were manufactured for specific purposes, okay, for a specific function, to control a specific type of immortal spark of the creation, to control a certain personality, all right? And so um, if you... If you look at the physical body of the, quote, Negro, quote, black person, quote, mulatto, if you look at these physical bodies, their design, oh, man, like, think about, I'm like, this isn't coming from me, folks. This is from the extraterrestrial perspective. Look at planet Earth, all right? Out of all the human beings on planet Earth, out of all the various bodies on planet Earth, name me a physical form that is more despised on the planet than the black man, <laughs> all right? There isn't. There just isn't. And, you, and, and there's a reason for that, okay? 
right? And so uh, we've been here for a couple million years. Everyone on the planet at this current time has been on this planet. The, the immortal sparks of the creation have been on the planet for about three, five million years. And in that three, five million years, you think about it, between you're, you're taking bodies uh, anywhere from 50 to, you know, early on, we lived a little bit longer, a couple hundred years. And, uh, and then as, uh, as time progressed, you know, we, we, we reduced down to this 50 to 100 year uh, standard for the human body. But um, everyone that's on this planet, every immortal spark of the creation that is part of this collective here of planet Earth, prison planet, has been here for three to five million years, and you're just and you just keep getting recycled back into the uh, physical world into another body. And uh, and if you are fortunate, unfortunate enough to be in a Negro body right now, then what happened is that you really pissed off somebody on another world, <laughs> right? And and they had to put you in a containment field that is the most difficult containment field to escape from, which is the black man containment field, black woman containment field. Why? Because of that very reason, that you are inclined to call yourself a black person. Like for uh, 99.999% of human history on planet Earth, even though there are the beings on planet Earth were various different shades of color, you know, from the darkest skin to the whitest skin. Really, not in the history of human beings on planet Earth has any race of beings ever called themselves by the color of their skin. You know, beings normally, I'm Italian, I'm from Italy, I'm French, I'm from France, you know. You know, no matter how far, I'm, I'm an Atlantean, you know, I'm a Lemurian. And the Lemurians were uh, Asiatic people. They didn't say, oh, we're Asians. No, they were, we're Lemurians. Why? Because they were very proud of the land that they came from in the South Pacific. The only race of beings ever in the history of the world <laughs> to ever specifically call themselves by color are, of course, the black people. And which was a complete and utter disaster from the very, it really, it didn't actually start happening collectively until uh, late 1960s, 1968, 69, Stokely Carmichael, uh, uh, I'm black and I'm proud. And then James Brown, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. And from that James Brown, from that moment that James Brown song came out, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud until today, uh, this has been the situation in America and pretty much most of the world. And it has been the absolute worst thing that has ever happened to a race of people in the history of the world because the physical body that you incarnated into is already a prison. It's already the hardest prison to escape from because you're going to do stuff like calling yourself black and everybody's going to hate you. And so when everyone hates you on a planet, it makes you more physically inclined. It doesn't make you more spiritually inclined. It makes you angry. And when you get angry, you get mad, you get angry, you're mad, you're, you have all these negative uh, uh, perceptions about the world, and the more negative you become, the more angry you become, the more dense you become. And the most dense physical body in creation is the black man body on, on planet Earth, the one that no one pretty much can escape from. And then, like I said, imagine my shock of incarnating to Earth and being in the body of a Negro. And, uh, and because I remember the last thing that happened, the last conversation that I had before I showed up here in the body of a Negro, and, um, and I was talking about this very thing, how, how the so-called black man on planet Earth has completely screwed himself by calling himself a black man and using the code of the people who actually despised and hate him till this very day. And he uses their code, language, code, language and code are the same thing. And he uses their code, the code of the people who despised and hated him to, and he uses that code to describe himself, to define himself, <laughs> himself, herself. And, uh, and, uh, and all that does is just bring you right back into another physical body of another Negro. And if you noticed the physical bodies of Negroes over the last, let's say, uh, 70 years, okay, uh, <clears throat> you know, 
the Negroes are very powerful people. <laughs> the, quote, black people on the planet are very powerful people. And they're very powerful, uh, uh, immortal sparks of the creation, you know, because it, they, they had to, their personality was so intense, so, uh, so anti wherever it was their last location <laughs> that they had to remove you from that location and put you on a planet Earth with all these varieties of various different beings from all over the universe, all over the universe, all over the galaxy. This is the only planet in the universe that has this diversity of human life form because most planets only have one life form. You know, like there would only be uh, brown people on this one planet and Asian people on this planet and perhaps Nordic individuals on this particular planet. Earth is the only planet where you have this tremendous variety of physical forms and they've all come from somewhere else they've all been dumped here because you know you're either an artist an architect an engineer a pervert a murderer a rapist you know this is a planet have we have all of that in one place right i know you've i know you had to have like one one of those days of your life you're out there in the street and you're gonna like how did i get on the planet with these people how did i get here with these people i don't understand and this is how, okay, that you got jacked up from another world and dumped here on planet Earth. So let's see, it's about, uh, about an hour. I've gone for an hour. So, um, so we're going to call it this moment. And, um, and remember, go to uh, HermanTheExtraterrestrial.com. And you can see my sculptures and learn a little bit more about me there. And uh, if you would like to uh, purchase my novel, Memoirs of an Extraterrestrial, The Negro Conundrum, uh, written under the pen name H.P. Stanley, then you go to Amazon and you can get the uh, Kindle or the paperback. Uh, published a book back in 2012, so it's been a while, but it is still salient, still exciting. It still is probably one of the best books you'll read this year so uh until we meet again my friends join me again for another podcast of herman the extraterrestrial <laughs>